Hi listeners, this is Heath, and uh, this is future Heath, actually. I'm editing the program now. I uh, just wanted to thank you all for your patience. It took me quite a while to find the time to edit this episode together. I hope it will have been uh, worth the wait for you. Also, uh, I tried a new way to record uh, myself that just did not work out, so if I'm a bit staticky this episode, that's why. Uh, I'm going to switch back to the old way for our next episodes, so uh, that should be cleared up. I hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, We certainly enjoyed making it, and uh, thanks a lot for listening. Hello and welcome again to the Red Dwarf intro cast, where, not surprisingly, given the name of the show, we talk about Red Dwarf, episode by episode. Longtime fans and newbies alike journey together on the mining ship Red Dwarf into the far reaches of space. My name is Heath. I'm Quig. And I'm Firefly's arch nemesis. Die! Die, you bastards! Oh. That's right, we are joined by the Fox Network. Yes. <laughs> and our special guest this week. I'm Debs. Yay! Hi, Debs. Hi. Debs. Hi. Debs wants my babies. <laughs> no more children, please, Paul. <laughs> and this week, we are going to be talking about uh, Series 2, Episode 5, Queeg. Uh, Shane, can you give us a quick recap? Of course I can. I bet you can. <laughs> Red Wolf's backup computer, Queeg 500, takes command of Red Wolf when Holly allows a meteorite to damage the ship and limit her malfunction. The crew encourages Holly to challenge Queeg to a game of chess, where the loser gets the race from the system. Cool beans. Uh, so, before we get into the episode, let's meet this week's special guest. Uh, Debs, would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, maybe your experience with Red Dwarf and uh, anywhere else on the interwebs, uh, or, you know, just uh, skulking about your house that people might be able to hear you? <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm Debs. I... oh god. I used to listen... Uh, oh god. Yeah, sorry. Um... I used to watch Red Dwarf loads whenever I was a kid. It always reminds me of being a kid. My dad used to go to the BBC um, shop and get the the video box sets back then. And we used to sit on Friday night after Thunderbirds and everybody used to sit and watch Red Dwarf together. So, you know, re-watching the episodes along with listening to the podcast, it really, really brings me back to just being like a wee kid again. And this is one of my most favourite episodes ever. It's, it, it's just brilliant. Aww. Lovely. Yeah, and there was actually some talk on the Facebook group about, you know, whether or not uh, Red Dwarf was was suitable for, for the wee ones, and, you know, I, I don't know. Um, well, well it, there's certainly some adult humor on the show, but... Uh, yeah, but whenever whenever you're a kid, you don't really get all that. I mean, you don't know about Ingrid the Polythene Pal. You know, you don't know what that means. <laughs> 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 no. I still say that that type of humor tends to be self-censoring. Of course, I was a very naive child, so <laughs> may have just been self-censoring for me. I'll be honest, when I was a kid, I didn't notice anything different to what I do now. Um, I, I, I start, obviously, I was, I was only, what, nine, eight, nine, when, when I started working, what that? But I started watching it, and it, the jokes were funny then, and they are now, but I, I don't get what they're saying about the adult nature and stuff with them. I was like, it's jerk, it's jerk, it's jerk. There were some, obviously, I was like, I don't get that, but it's funny, so I laugh. Yeah, who doesn't love a good vibrator joke for the kids? Hey, you know. I, what, <laughs> <laughs> Right, <you're>, <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, the only... Jerks, I, the, yeah, uh, the bits which I thought were a bit risque. I'm doing this in air quotes, by the way. I don't know why you can't see me doing them. <laughs> is um, <laughs> it's so right. This in right. I don't know how, but I mentioned it in the Facebook group. Um, it is a lot difficult, a lot more difficult than I originally thought doing this podcast. Just. For the prevention of spoilers and stuff like that. 
it's unreal. Yeah, yeah, Angela, we got a taste of that um, uh, a bit earlier. We were uh, got finally got a chance to be on the uh, potential cast, which is the the Buffy intro cast, mm -hmm. and um, so we got to be on the other side uh, as the uh, the longtime fans. And yeah, it was really tough. Uh, it was, especially since we ended up on such a foreshadowy episode. Yeah, yeah, it was one that they were nodding at all future seasons and major plot <laughs> points, and we just had to... No, nope, can't talk about that. So, yeah. All right, well, let's talk about this episode, then. Yes. Um, all right, so we had the usual opening shtick. Uh, interesting things there with uh, uh, space craziness, and uh, I liked that. And singing um, potatoes. Yes, yes. Um, so... I guess the first interesting thing, interesting uh, thing that we see is uh, is a uh, Rimmer playing uh, a game of checkers against the Scudders, yeah. Mm. <laughs> and he sucks. He sucks against a little robot. He is that bad. He's like he got eight kings against his one in a game of checkers. <laughs> and he has to take the weasel's way out of saying, "Aha." But in two minutes, he has to go back to work. That means he vomits. Slimeball. Yeah, that's... <laughs> it's all part of Rimmer's charm. Uh, but, yeah, and Lister doing girly magazine quizzes. <laughs> deciding he is one foxy lady. I've always thought so. <laughs> What are you talking about, him or me? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say both. So yeah, what I liked about this episode, um, and some folks in, in Facebook mentioned this as well, but you know, I, I love me some Holly. Holly is one of my favorite characters on the show, and you know, we, he's usually just in and out a couple minutes at a time. We don't get much in the way of long, coherent plots with him, but finally we have a Holly-centric episode. I was very happy when, of course I wasn't happy when, like, his IQ was six, and, <laughs> and he was being replaced by this very mean computer that, when, spoilers, we find out at the end that such is not the case, I was very happy. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, I... go ahead. Go ahead, Eve. No, you go ahead. No, I was going to go off topic. You go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, I was just going to say that, you know, throughout the episode, I kind of had in mind, because they've done this before. Holly is big on his April Fool's jokes. And you know, I guess I, I really should have seen it coming more than I did, but I, I suspected that this would all be sort of a, a ruse. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't see it quite the way that it turned out. Oh, and I guess our we have to report that our guesses for what Queeg was uh, were, were not accurate. We failed. Yes. You're more did. accurate than you thought. Actually, oh, when, really? one of the ideas that you, uh, that you said last week was um, something along the lines of an alien who you thought was an alien but wasn't an alien. Okay, I'll have to go back to the tape on that. I was just spitballing. <laughs> and, yeah, it was, it was more accurate. You listened to it back, it was more accurate than you thought. Okay. That's not Yay. not quite there, but it's more accurate than you thought it was going to be. Yay, we win! <laughs> <laughs> oh. And I don't know about so. you, but I rock out to Tess of the Durbervilles all the time. <laughs> all the time. Like, the yeah, really depressing time where she uh, is raped and has a baby and the baby dies. Yes, that is my rock out. <laughs> you think that she's joking, but she is constantly listening to Jane Austen novels on 
on audio. <laughs> so not that far off. Yes, uh, Holly interrupts with a very, very important message that he can't remember. And then he remembers after the asteroid or meteor uh, hits. Which was it? Asteroid or meteor? Yeah. I think it was meteor. Ah. Yes. And we had Star Trek action. Really, though? Yeah. Um, apparently, the Red Dwarf is designed by the same people as the Enterprise, and, and they have never heard of a, of a circuit breaker because... Yeah, or a, a fuse because <laughs> sparks everywhere and explosions. What I what I noticed about that bunk room scene when this was falling out of the bunk and and uh, Rimmer is falling across the table mm-hmm. is that those checker pieces never moved. <laughs> well, they're future well, checkers. Well, you see, it's it's uh, it's space checkers. They're they're magnetic. Yeah. Okay. Justify. Exactly. <laughs> that works. Don't know why they would have to be magnetic, but they are. Um, yeah, some good Star Trek action there. And then later on, yeah, I, I, the stunt with uh, exploding Lister exploding is what I have here in my notes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty cool. Stunt guy earned his paycheck doing that crazy flip over the uh, console there. It wasn't mm-hmm. a stunt guy. Wait, did you say it, it was not a stunt guy? Whoa, what? no way. It was, yeah, it was Craig Charles Lister himself who did that stunt. Wow. That's crazy. Well, what are stunt guys for if you explode your your main cast members? Well, apparently, they just have reckless endangerment all over the place, uh, especially with Lister. Like, in Confidence and Paranoia, then he, like, got, um, what, cut by glass or something like that? <laughs> I think I remember that. In the bit at the end where Confidence yeah. explodes. Yeah. I believe we talked about mm. that. Oh, Remmer's legs go on a walkabout. Mm. <laughs> Jump! Jump! Quickly mention how they did that little bit of a stunt. Um, um, I I'm guessing would be yeah, exactly. By just running up a trampoline and leaping over the console. Yeah, and that was it. Really. Oh. But still, I mean, I'd love to do that thing. <laughs> It looked very good. It did. I guess, you know, they slowed down the film mm. and everything and had had the sparks going and, and it made for dramatic effect. But, yeah, it looked really cool. Sort of sort of an A-team action there. Like, <laughs> oh, are, are, are you from... Sorry. Yeah, okay, good. I was going to ask if you were familiar with the A-team. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, wasn't sure if they had uh, sent that particular cultural gem across the It was the greatest What, the best of American to... TV? <laughs> it seems like one of the top five best theme tunes ever. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, the great theme song. Yeah, the well, 80s you know what? The were 80s really were good about, a yeah. gold mine for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you know how in the A team, then cars were just made out of dynamite. You know, so you shoot the tire, and the car just yeah. And with with explosions, no one ever dies or gets burned or hurt. They just get great. tossed like ten feet. Oh, they have a little grizz on their arm. They poke their heads out of the car windows and shake their fists before conveniently getting out before the car explodes, you know, five minutes (laughs) after it was wrecked. (laughs) I'd have gotten away with it, too, if not for you pesky A-team and your magey dog. Oh, and I out that... Chris Barry is better at doing impressions than Heath. What? <laughs> Never. <laughs> no, actually, yeah, he was amazing. I, I loved that scene where he was glitching and, and, and doing impressions of the other cast. The impression of the ship psychiatrist. <laughs> you know, yeah. the, the shuttle was late speech. You know, the speech I'm referring to? Is actually a takeoff of the commissioning editor Peter Vizgar Scott. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Um, quoting um, in an interview with um, Peter here, Chris is one of the most marvelous mimics of all time. At the end of the series, at the end of series parties, Chris used to piece used to do a piece that mimicked everybody. He always mimicked me as a psychiatrist. I don't know why. There's some obviously some secret out there that I don't know anything about. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, you sent us a a YouTube clip of of him doing some of his his impressions, and and yeah, he was brilliant. Uh, sadly, a lot of those impressions were lost on a Yank audience, but you know, Sean Connery, we got that one, uh, <laughs> and several more. But yeah, that, oh, in this episode, just he he nails uh, Lister and Holly, and Cat, oh, although not quite so challenging there, I, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he didn't even use words for Cat. He just started freaking out. And see, I was confused. Because at first, I thought uh, instead of doing impressions, what he was doing was he was channeling all of the holographic discs. So he could only be, like, um, uh, crew members. And then I was like, how is he doing Cat? And then Heath was like, you're thinking about it too hard. He's just doing impressions of people. Well, yeah, I guess it, it, as far as in the show universe, he is. Um, it can be like security footage. It doesn't necessarily have to be the hollow disc tape memory record things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe they have made a fresh hollow disc of Cat. Possibly. So if if Cat dies and they deem him to be more important to the ship than than Rimmer, I think Cat's <laughs> H on his forehead will be all glammed and bedazzled and stuff. <laughs> oh, and can yeah, and can you imagine he would like have Holly change his outfit thirty times a day? <laughs> And Hello feed cat. him like, we want to see every this other second. Yes. Yeah, oh goodness, yeah. Holly would never get any rest. No. And the red dwarf would crash. <laughs> so, uh, we start to get the impression that old Holly isn't quite up to snuff anymore. And uh, the emergency computer pops up uh, to, to step in and save the situation. Good old Queeg. Queeg was cool. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, have I skipped? Was the, uh, was the shoe tail It was later. After that? It was after. Okay, good, 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 good. Yeah, because we've got to talk about that. But yeah, so, we meet Queeg. So and... what do y'all think okay. about Queeg? He's like Mr. T for space. <laughs> Back to the 18 reference. There we go. Yay! Circle around. What'd you think, Debs? Oh, well, my first impression of Quig, especially whenever they were doing the bit of um, between bit of banter between Holly and Quig, and it says, you know, um, Lister pipes up and says, "Well, Holly has an IQ of six thousand, and Quig goes, well, it has a six in it." That's about as far as it goes. It was absolutely brilliant. I, it, it was so well done. I just, I, I loved it. <clears throat> Yeah. So, okay. Angela, I had a debate about this. Um, sometimes, strangely enough, it's really hard for us to hear when somebody's doing an American accent on the show. Was Queeg meant to have an American accent? He is American. Oh. Ah. Uh, his... at, like, at some points it did, and at some points it didn't. We were trying to figure out what was going on. Uh, he was... Um, he's a... Creek was played by Charles Organs, that's A-U-G-I-N-S, um, and he's a native of Virginia. Virginia. Hmm. Oh. Wait, 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 so you're surprised that Red Dwarf has an American character in it, yet the captain's American as well? 
No, but we no. weren't surprised. Just sometimes, um, and, and it's really weird, I guess, you know, how brains sort of auto-translate. But sometimes somebody will be talking with an American accent on a British show, and we won't realize that they're speaking with an American accent because that's, you know, to our ears, it's it's normal, and yeah, and we don't pick that it's different than everybody else around them. Right, okay. Yeah. He so, like, Daphne and Parisia, you think, oh, she's English. Oh, Love that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he currently lives in Washington D.C. He's the president. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he really looks familiar. Vote Queeg. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you will, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I need, I need, right. Where's Jay? I need to get in touch with Jay. Right. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, my. The best. So, no one backs up Holly. No one supports yeah. well, him. Lester starts to. <clears throat> Poor until, Holly. Until they start mentioning the Junior Encyclopedia of Space. No! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, this, this is where we get to the shoe joke. Uh, yes, the shoe joke. Who's gonna read it? So yeah, in classic form, um, you know they go off on this crazy tangent with Lister and his shoe joke, and it was brilliantly delivered. And he looked so melancholy while he was telling it, and and then it turns out to be a joke that Rumor doesn't get. And you know, again, that should have been a tip off. That was was sort of a uh, a microcosm of the whole episode. And. So we, yeah, it just flew right past us. So we read the joke out instead of saving it for later on. Yeah, if you'd like. Who's going to be Lister? Who's going to be, uh, uh, who wants to do the long bit? Well, you know I'm not doing Lister, so... <laughs> I can do it without an accent. That's cool. I'll be rumored. Okay. I've got it pulled up on IMDb. Snow. <clears throat> I have to... Which part do you want to do? I'll do River. Okay. That, uh, that's that's so... not meant to sound how it did, by the way. I will take <laughs> okay. part of River. Not I will do River. Oh, it, the, yeah. That's, I would of course. Gay, I would be gay for River. It's that <laughs> well, you know, if it he, really turns If he has on. holographic boobs, then maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we did see them. We did see them in the first series. Yep. Okay, okay. Uh, sometimes I, I think it's cruel giving machines a personality. My mate Peterson uh, once bought a pair of shoes with artificial intelligence. Smart shoes, they were called. It was a neat idea. No matter how blind drunk you were, they could always get you home. Uh, but he got rattled one night in Oslo and woke up the next morning in Burma. You see, his shoes got bored going from his local to his flat. They wanted to see the world, you know. He had a hell of a job getting rid of them. No matter who he sold them to, they'd show up again the next day. He tried to shut them out, but they just kicked the door down. Is this true? Yeah. The last thing I heard, they sort of robbed a car and drove it into a canal. They couldn't steer, you see. Really? Yeah, Peterson was really, really blown away about it. Uh, he went to see a priest. The priest told him he said it was all right, and that when shoes are happy, and that they'd get to heaven. You see, turns out shoes have souls. Oh, what a sad, what a sad story. Wait a minute. How did he open the car door? <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. priceless that Rumor still doesn't get it. They don't have opposable thumbs. No. Honestly, though, I had or to pause the episode thumbs. and laugh for a full minute after that. Yeah. It's good stuff. So, uh, we start to get an idea of the, uh, the ship under the rule of Queeg. And it's a little bit different than it was under Holly. Oh, and I loved the idea that Holly had been 
driving around in a circle for 14 months. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's awesome. Because I've been saying, why did they get 3 million years out of the way? But if Holly had had an IQ of 6, that would totally make sense of it. No, if, 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 if Holly had an IQ of 6, he wouldn't be going round and round in a circle. He'd be going all over the place. <laughs> It'd be like, True. But yeah, I love how Queek <clears throat> is doing this crazy company mentality when it doesn't make any sense anymore. Like forcing Rimmer to exercise and then charging for food. Yeah. yeah and yeah, rationing food that was meant for a ship of hundreds of people for three people. Mm-hmm. Although, I don't know, Cat might still be able to make a dent in supplies, but still. <laughs> they only have enough food for, what was it, 30,000 years? Uh, yeah. Do you know what I thought was awesome? Was the fact that uh, Quee could make Rimmer run. Yes! <laughs> and I, he's, like, passed out after 500 yards, and he's still running, he's like... <sighs> Aww. How difficult is is it to run with your eyes closed? Very. I I would say very, unless you had an uh, ever present computer that was just, you know, controlling you. Uh, See, I need one of those for exercising. I would love to just be able to take a nap while you know the rest of me exercises, <laughs> and that way I wouldn't have to you know be awake for that and, and, and I would wake up and be, you know, have have a nice mental nap and be mentally refreshed and get my exercise in. That's, that's a cool system. I was, I was mean just for uh, the actor running around mm. the set with his eyes closed. Mm-hmm. And not running in oh, the list yeah. while he's out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently they don't care about endangering them, so. <laughs> yep. <laughs> But the bit that really set me in the wrinkle was whenever um, Quig returned power to Rimmer, you know, gave him control back of his own body, and he just crumpled in a heap. Yeah. But I love, uh, okay, that whole scene where Quig is making them get up and making them do things, and I'm not going to steal the quote because I'm sure someone has it, but they them protesting that they would say one thing to Holly and mean something completely different. And it's like the ultimate in snooze buttons saying, you know, oh, I tell him that I need to get up at six, but really I mean 10 o'clock and, you know, have breakfast ready. (laughs) It's like my grandmother. She, um, she keeps all the clocks in her house like 20 minutes fast, so she's never late for anything. But she knows the clocks are 20 minutes fast. So what's the point in keeping the clocks 20 minutes fast? <laughs> it just confuses people who come to her house and think that they've been there. Oh my goodness, it's... No, no, no. It's okay. It's 20 minutes fast. Unless, <laughs> unless it's someone that she doesn't like. Oh, look at the time! You've got to be going. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my mother does. <laughs> Even when she goes around to her friend's house, oh look, it's 25, that must be going. <laughs> the uh, the main clock in the um, living room is constantly five minutes fast. Hmm? Uh, um, sorry, I said my, my, my mother always puts the clock forward and the main clock in, is five minutes fast. Constantly, mm. I don't know why she, do, she don't know why she has it like that, but you know. I no they bother just to go up and just change it back. Five, Five minutes, I know, exactly. It's, it's yeah, understandable if it's your And Paul, I loved your impression of my grandmother as Julia Child. <laughs> <laughs> the souffle is ready. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Oh, and Cat is not meant for work. No. Has to get his naps in. All 36 of them. Yeah. I think Which... my cat right now is on her second nap of the day. 
My cat's on its my cat's been asleep all day, it hasn't woke up. It might be dead. <laughs> It'll get up for food. <laughs> Mine always Even does, if it is dead. So far. Well that was depressing. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, that took a turn, didn't it? It's like dead cat. Sorry! Oh. <laughs> There you go, and he saves it. Way to go! <laughs> oh, wow. so everybody works. Everybody. And uh, oh yeah, then uh, they have a little chat with Holly, and uh, maybe start to plan some sort of uh, coup to take back control of the ship. And Holly whistles the theme from The Great Escape. He does. Mm-hmm. I thought whistle. Which Ange- Angela thought was Hogan's Heroes. Ha ha. I failed, but I did think his clothes were gorgeous. I sort of, I think they were going for a Night Watchman thing, but I was just thinking, oh, he has the prettiest clothes, I want those. (laughs) And I guess we've decided which among us is cat. With that statement. (laughs) Yeah, Nutty asked that uh, on. I'm sorry, this is getting off topic a bit, but yeah, Nutty asked on the Facebook group, you know, four of us, four main characters, uh, who was who, or, and I, yeah, I, I don't know that there are parallels. I, I, I think I've just figured it all out though. Obviously, Shane okay. is um, Holly with all the information. Not true. Okay. Cat, uh, uh, Angela is Cat, as just explained. Um, so. With me, with me doing my amazing Julia Child impression, then that must make me Rimmer, because he does awesome impressions as well, and that leaves you with Lister, the Irish Lister. Um, <laughs> I think we'd better, <laughs> yeah, Irish Lister. No, I, th- I think we'd better swap. No, I like doing no, 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 it, it su- works for me. <laughs> it works for me. Let's keep going with that. I suspect that I'm I'm more Rimmer and 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 you're more more Lister. Yeah. Because you're cooler. <laughs> of course. Plus, if I were Lister, then, you know, I would have to work on that accent. And frankly, oh. I just don't think I have it in me. True. Although, I think if I wasn't around to make sure the laundry got done, then... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Um. When he was in college and was living with a roommate and everything, then I think he went three months without doing the dishes. It's a myth. (laughs) I've been misrepresented. All lies. (laughs) Moving on. So, back to Red Dwarf. (laughs) I love how you did that here, Heather. I love how you did that. You know. um, not yeah, okay, not so going to bring up a defense, things. just moving right along. Nope. <clears throat> oh, can I just... Right, I know we're doing this on there, right? Um, you know, we were talking about Queeg as the president earlier. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Friend of the show, Jay Hunter, has just done something very, very amazing for us. And he was posting, uh, posting it on the um, intro cabinet football very shortly. Oh, cool. Cool. I'm not spoiling anything. It's, it's, it's quite awesome. No, that's cool. That's cool. So, let's see. We get to uh, Lister with his delicious-looking meal. <laughs> One pea on toast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Rimmer tells his of his uh, wonderful times with the Space Scouts. <laughs> okay, first off, I love that there are Space Scouts. And that they have that awesome salute or whatever it was. <laughs> but, you know, trying to cannibalize a fellow student is just, you know, harmless bullying. It's part of growing up. Yes. Yes, cannibalism is a rite of passage. <laughs> okay. 
Maybe we do. Maybe we do things different here in England that you do in the Southern United you know, States. But um... <laughs> hey, term lessons generally frowned upon. Yes. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Space Scouts, and then oh, and then we finally get the showdown. Holly comes in to save the day. Gonna take on Queeg. Dun dun dun. With his horsey. With the horsey. (laughs) And the prawn. (laughs) (laughs) I loved that. Now, I wonder, you know, I I play like a little bit of very casual chess, but I'm wondering if anybody has has tried to map out, excuse me, tried to map out whether or not there was any legitimacy to the game that they outlined. You know, sometimes shows will just for no reason put in more detail than they ever have to. You know, is that an actual possible game that they have outlined there, or is it just naming out moves humorously until uh, Holly loses? Well, I suppose because we didn't see the entire game, did we? It was essentially jump jump counting. That's true. I mean, it reminds me of, and I'm going to be doing Twin Peaks spoilers. Twin, twin peak spoilers. Um, but at the end of series season two of Twin Peaks, they was doing a chess game, mm-hmm. and it was over a few episodes, and it was meant to be a concurrent chess game. So one person moved for by another person moves in the next episode, mm-hmm. and they completely lost the flow, and they just kept making up moves. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they also did that in uh, uh, Paul's favorite show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, when uh, there was an episode, uh, it was a bit of a spoiler, but uh, I know that the potential casters are past it, but yeah, there was an episode where a certain character became like a super genius uh, James Bond, Michael Jordan rolled into one, and uh, he he was uh, just like, would go by Giles' house, and there was a chess set uh, sitting out there, and he just like casually, ah, so you're using the so-and-so defense. Tut tut, and you know, makes a move and beats him, and yeah, had nothing to do with actual chess or the, what the pieces were doing on the board, but they just named a random chess move that sounded cool. Mm-hmm. I think they should have been playing three-dimensional chess. <laughs> has anyone ever played three-dimensional chess? No, I can barely get by with two-dimensional chess. Apparently, somebody actually created the proper game. Oh yes, oh, yeah. and it along a, with the claim just... on the Big Bang Theory. Potentially. Yeah, yeah, it was a reference to um, Star Trek, of course. Yes, indeed. It's simply a matter of thinking 144 moves ahead. Exactly. Now you can barely play two-dimensional chess. I can barely play checkers. I, I'm just. I'm just not a strategic player, like, at all. It's all about the art of strategery. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can do some impressions. All right, now, moving on. <laughs> and finally, uh, as Holly sings his way out, fading slowly out of existence, I must say that it was a little less effective than it could have been, you know, because if I really thought that Holly was was being deleted, I, I would have gotten a bit choked up. But I knew he wouldn't be. I mean, he's like one of the show's writers, yeah? Am I wrong about that? Sorry, sorry, Heath, I was... Uh, sorry, Heath, uh, my, I, my attention was um, taken away because Jay has just done a marvelous thing on our Facebook uh, group. Oh, uh, yeah? Huh? What has he done? Um, he has <laughs> put, the, he put, he put the picture up. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> yes, we can. So. <laughs> oh, Jay. Oh, that so, needs to be our show art. So, uh, yeah, sorry. Yes. So you're saying he's so... You're saying sorry about that. <laughs> sorry. Uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah, I was... <laughs> uh, 
I was having uh, uh, trouble suspending my disbelief there mm-hmm. because I just I did not believe for a second that um, that they were actually going to get rid of Holly. Okay. Uh, because am I? Why am I imagining? This? Is he one of the show's writers? No, he's not. No, he's not. He's not no, a writer. No, no. Okay. Sorry. Don't know why I thought that. But I mean, but just anyway, getting yeah. rid of a character like that and keeping in one as a one-off joke, I thought that Holly was playing like a long game. It's sort of like when um, uh, Lister uh, deleted the other copy of Rimmer and Me Squared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you thought that he was going to turn it around on you. Uh-huh. But no, he yeah. was playing another type of long game. And yeah, it was the wheeze of the week. Yeah. <laughs> the writers okay. didn't, sorry, the writers didn't know how they were going to finish the episode. Oh, yeah. really? They didn't know how to get Holly out the mess they'd written him into. So after a lot of after after a lot of thought, they gave up and went to the pub. Hmm. And came up with the sending at the yeah. pub. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> this episode brought to you by beer. <laughs> Shouldn't all episodes be brought to us by beer? Beer good. Beer foamy. <laughs> that was a Buffy reference okay, for have- the one. Yeah, yeah. We have to stop with all I the know. weed references. Okay, we totally accidentally took over our own Facebook page the other day with crazy between me and and Nutty Nuchas. We we like totally spammed ourselves with weed and propaganda. I, you know, it's Paul's fault really for bringing up the subject. Yeah, <laughs> blame Paul. But yeah, okay. But yeah, we love our red dwarf. But, and so but why is it called the... a wheeze? Um, no, that's what well, like uh, uh, Weasley's wizarding wheezes. Uh, a joke, a joke is a wheeze because you laugh and you wheeze. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty so much yeah. yeah. Oh, that makes sense now. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Again, there there are some things that will be lost in translation, but we'll eventually come around. And, and pick it's it's like the um, load of Tottenham stealing pile, stealing pile of Hotspurs reference as well. That would have been lost on you guys. It, yes. It oh was. yeah, it was. Yeah, we just looked at each other and was like, "What was that?" And was like, "I don't know." Well, let's keep going. <laughs> Those crazy British people. But yeah, we are, like, bit by bit being completely indoctrinated into British culture via Red Dwarf and Doctor Who. Yep. So we're going to get a really, really weird picture of British culture over... <laughs> you think British is bad when you see Irish? <laughs> oh, and Irish as well, yes. And Downton Abbey. And Downton Abbey, which is an awesome show. Yeah. Maggie Smith is a treasure. She is. <laughs> Right, I'm all out of points. So am I, actually. Have we lost Paul? <laughs> Paul, are you here? Hello, Paul. Hello. Wait a minute. He may have stepped away. No, I'm here. I'm oh, here. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, hello. So, Sorry. I, I had a big coughing fit, so... Sorry. I, I, okay, that's cool. I'm my mic. Oh, that's cool. Well, you know, you just need to cough straight into the mic. Like, no. you know, some people. Hack, Hey, the writing's not that bad. <laughs> but yeah, we were just saying we were out of points. Out oh, of. No. So, um, what next do we rate? Do we do feedback first, don't we? Oh, yeah. Which yeah, we yeah, have yeah. a Susan lot feedback. of. We have feedback. You guys are awesome. We have six. Yes, I will read Nettie's. Nettie Nuchas. Nettie Nuchas. 
Uh, this episode is by far one of my favorites. Uh, for some reason, I didn't watch it for the first time on PBS, but watched it with my husband and our best friend. It instantly became all of our favorite, and we can't watch the episode without thinking of those two. We often address each other now as Sucka. I love the be careful uh, of what you wish for, you just might get it theme, and how Holly sells it. I think one of my favorite scenes is when Holly is the night watchman with the cap and torch and all. And I will not say the last line because that might be a quote. Thank you, Nettie. Yes. Nettie! I do Ross Greenos. Nearly all Red Dwarf episodes are my favorite, which means this is one of my favorites too. Yay! One, th- <laughs> one daily thing that makes me chuckle, and this is the same in the earlier episode, Crichton, is when Lister and Cat are cleaning the floor but with no water. Obviously, a house and safety <laughs> thing, Cat of the crew sipping up. <laughs> Why not? They'll explode them and shoot glass at them. <laughs> a little bit of water? Come on. Well, no, they'll do that for the actors, but the crew, they need to protect the crew. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Actors are expendable. See, Ewan uh, Ancorn says the end of this episode is possibly one of the funniest Red Dwarf moments. I agree, it was hilarious. Yeah, and I'm reading that quote out. I I, I will read Paul Hadley's. Um, okay. okay. Paul says, no, not me. Paul Hadley says, <laughs> as a kid, I loved the co- concept of Holly. Something about his flirty-headedness was really cool to me. Sadly, the very nature of his coolness also means his character has a habit of being sidelined. Especially when they're off the ship, they have to cram in a holly watch or a wheelie monitor to make sure he goes with them. But yeah, this episode is great in showing that he may be a bit ditzy and derpy sometimes, but overall his rule of the ship isn't that bad. He could easily be Krieg-like and run the ship still with his military chain of command, but he doesn't because he realises there is much point and maybe he likes these guys after all. Mm. And then Nette rounds us out with, I think, after reading Paul's comment, that's Paul Hadsley, not Orpal, uh, Paul's comment Aww, there, like that. We still Aww, like Paul, Paul. Hadsley. <laughs> that's our Paul. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. let's see. After reading Paul's comment, there's one really good reason why Holly runs the ship as he does. And it's the same reason he keeps Rimmer as the hologram and does, oh, this is long, uh, and doesn't that's change what she his said. personality. <laughs> His main goal is the welfare of Dave Lister. Rimmer is there to keep Dave sane, and Holly runs the ship to help Dave cope with being the only human alive and to keep him sane, in my opinion. But then what is the point of Cat? Um, Well, Cat has nothing to do with Holly. To be a cat. No, I mean, mean, it's all to do with Dave, isn't it? Mm. Lister. Mm. Well... You know, Holly, I guess maybe in the context of her comment, that Holly is programmed to serve the needs of the crew and Cat's not the crew. True. Although he does feed Cat, so that's yeah. nice. But yeah, and I like that, you know, the one person who's all about military chain of command of Rimmer hates it. Just can't stand it because he doesn't want the responsibility of the military corporate chain of command thing. Thanks, you guys, for the feedback. That was awesome. Yay, feedback. We didn't have any feedback last week, and we were so sad. Next yeah, we week. Were. But now there is feedback. Next week, well, more than six. That's your homework. More than six feedbacks. <laughs> if you don't, I'll set Queeg on you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a third and a half right there. Sucker. Speaking of numbers, we, we have just hit 40 members in our Facebook group. Thank you what? all. Uh, if I have extra And you haven't signed up yet. I have extra homework now. I have extra homework. Everyone who listens has to bring a friend to the group. Yeah. <laughs> Make a pyramid scheme. Yes. <laughs> See, you listen, and then you bring in two more people. And then once they bring in two more people, you will be rewarded with... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The red The red wall pyramid scheme. <laughs> you get so many people, you get a Lister impersonation from me. You get even more people, <laughs> you get a Julia Child impersonation from me. 
even more people, you will get a Jane Austen impersonation from Angela, and then last but not least, if you get more, you'll get a Boris Johnson impersonation from Shane. <laughs> and if you, and and you, you guys... get even more, and I will stop doing the Lister impression. <laughs> Oh, Never stop and apparently accidentally person. insulting Irish people. <laughs> um. You say it accidentally, but we know you do it we know you do it on purpose. Debs, that's what we've got Debs on. Keep them in check. Yeah. Hey, I love Irish accents. They are awesome. Speaking of, Debs, have you by any chance seen any of Buffy or Angel? I have, yeah. Okay, so have you gotten a chance to hear David Boreanaz's awesome Irish uh, accent? Um, I thought I'm trying. Um, that was an angel episode, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, there, there's been a, a few flashbacks here and there, but yeah, anytime they flash back to his past, his Irish accent is just Awful. wonderful. That's probably <laughs> it, why it, it doesn't matter what because it what you watch, you know, it's it's just one of those things. You know, anybody that tries to do um, an Irish accent. Is you you automatically cringe. You, know, you hear people from over here on TV, and, and it's awful. And then um, was it Sons of Anarchy? Um, one, one of the seasons of Sons of Anarchy, a lot of it was set in Belfast, and I I find that very difficult to watch. Listen <laughs> to people mutilate our accent. It sounds like they're yeah. all after their lucky charms. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah, and it, you know, like it's it's kind of the same with us. Most folks can't do a southern accent, especially American actors can't do a southern accent. Especially strangely enough, American actors can't do a southern accent because they overdo it. Because they work, yeah, they work so hard to lose their accent to get into show business, and then they try and 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 get it back for when they need it, and it's the only thing. The only thing I can do in a southern accent is one line from a southern comedian. And that's it. Yeah. Get her dude. Do it. Do it. Get her dude. Oh. And actually, Larry the Cable Guy is not even Southern. Is he not? Oh, he's a Yankee. No. 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 Yeah, he's. Yeah, he's he's doing a character, of course, but. Yeah, he's from the Midwest. Yeah. Is he really not Yankee? <laughs> yeah. He's I... really not Southern. <laughs> I mean, yeah, his, but the whole persona and everything, oh, and the accent, it's My mind is close being enough. blown. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try a sudden accent right now. Please <clears throat> do it. Okay. Hey, y'all. Hey, Hello. you all doing? Oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> is that something that's been okay, San Francisco? Is... Yeah, y'all is one word. Y'all. There's no y'all. Y'all. Just y'all. Hey, y'all. Yeah. There you go. That that wasn't bad. I know. I'm awesome. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So, moving on from accents. uh, Right. So, anyway, that's what we thought about the episode. If you want to tell us what you think about the episode, or our show in general, or uh, my awesome Lister impression, uh, send us an email at theredwarfpodcast at gmail.com. That's G-M-A-I-L. Uh, you can also get to our Facebook group, the Red Dwarf Intro Cast. And if you're there, go ahead and sign up. Uh, just request, and you know what? We'll add you. I think we've been adding people like within two minutes of their requesting because we like uh, having people in our group because we like people. And people who need people are the awesomest people in the world. Yeah. Um, um, you can also... Quick question. Where, you can also the- Twitter at us via the Twitters at... Uh, Twitter.com slash Red Dwarf Intro. Um, also, yes. go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. It's, yes. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Subscribe on, on iTunes, leave a review, say, you know, that it's like the best show you've ever heard and it's changed your life, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. So basically, Heath, you want to, you want them to lie, then? No, tell the truth. It's no. changed my life. Yeah. It has. I mean, Special. it's definitely changed my life. I'm getting a lot less sleep. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we got we got two now... we got two reviews on um, on the British iTunes now. Two. Awesome. And one of them is yours. I, I don't know. <laughs> I've never heard of this guy before. Um... 
Okay, we need right. to rate uh, this sucker. Yes, let's let's rate this episode. Uh, Debs, you are our guest, so you get to go first. Ooh, um, being one of my favorite episodes, I think I'll probably rate it somewhere in between six thousand and the square root of two thousand forty-nine. <laughs> Out of ten. <laughs> yes. Out of ten. Lovely. Um, I, I'm gonna. I I will rate it eight point four five six. Um, junior encyclopedia of space. <laughs> Out of 10. Cool. I will rate it um, 7.75 again, I think, out of 10 cannibalistic space scouts. <laughs> I'm going to have to rate it uh, a 9. Oh. Um, uh, large chess pieces. Horses nice. included. Horses and, and bishies. <laughs> and prawns. Okay, I will rate it. Uh, I really enjoyed it, but I sort of felt like it was just a long joke that didn't go anywhere. So I'm going to rate it 7 out of 10 uh, singing potatoes. Nice. Excellent. And you know something else? Something else that we uh, rate very highly on this show oh. is uh, our many friends. And uh, in fact, we'd like to take just a moment to give a shout out to one of our sponsors. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey, this is Andy and Dan from Total Wrestling Show. Are you enjoying the programming right now? It's been a great show, and if you're enjoying this, don't forget to tune in every Sunday, 6 p.m. GMT, for Total Wrestling Show Live. And if you want to be part of the most interactive Facebook group in the wrestling world ever, go to facebook.com forward slash TWS Live, or you can tweet us at TWS Mate. And don't forget, if you can't join us live every Sunday at 6 p.m. at TotalWrestlingShow.com, you can always check us out on podcast, and that is off the iTunes feed. And while you're there, leave us a review. Exactly. So if you want to have the latest news, the latest reviews, the latest competitions, and the latest superstar interviews, join us for Total Wrestling Show Live, the UK's number one in pro wrestling interactive talk. And now it's time for some quotes. Uh, Paul, you apparently want to go first, so hit it. <laughs> um, I, need, I need Angela's help. Okay. Um, are you still on that page? Yeah. I'm going the one above the one read. The one above the one we read before. Uh, okay, sure. Uh, you you can be Queen. Okay. Because you got the accent. <laughs> Name me a game. Chess. It can be anything, any game at all. Chess. Drafts, poker, any game at all. Chess. Sabutio, Snakes and Ladders, you name it. Chess. Monopoly, maybe. I'll let you go first. Chess. So, you like a bit of chess then, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Depths? Um, it's, it's from the start of the episode. Is Look, Lester, no point being sorry about Holly. It's a kindness. Like a blind, old, incompetent sheepdog, he's had his day. Take him out to the barn with a double-barreled shotgun and blow the mother away. And I'm only saying that because I'm so fond of him. <laughs> I have that one written down too. I'm gonna to find another one. Uh, Was there any damage? So go ahead, somebody. I don't know. The damage report machine has been damaged. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Heath, you you go next. Let's see. He's out to lunch, man. He's out to lunch, breakfast, dinner, tea, supper, the whole lot. He's not in for a single meal. <laughs> Okay, uh, my own quote. I am on the case. I'm sharp. I'm kicking bottom. Right. I, I th um, while I was having my coffee fit, did um, did you read the most awesome quote of all? Maybe. I doubt we it. Don't know. Right, because if you're all on the um, IMDb page, uh -huh. we all need to do it. Right. Um, oh, okay. Okay. 
Right. Hey, you are listed. Um. Say again now. Hey, you're you're gonna be listed. Oh come on. Okay. okay. <laughs> Shane, this is gonna be fun, folks. This is gonna be fun. Shane, you can be Rimmer, and Angela, you can be Cat. Sorry, Dad. Okay, what quote are we doing? Um, we are talking Jape of the decade. We are talking April, May, okay. June, July, and August fools. That's right. I am Queen. What? What? Quig never existed. It was me all along. What? 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 Wheeze of the week, mate. It was a joke? Going around in circles for 14 months, getting my information from the Julia Color Excitopedia of Space, the respect you have for me is awesome, innit? So you mean you staged the whole thing? That's right, suckers. And the moral of the story is, appreciate what you've got. Basically, I'm fantastic. Yay! Yay! And that was Red Dwarf Intracast Theater. Yeah. <laughs> we should. Do you know what? We should do this. We could do an episode, right? And we will actually play the parts all the way through, all twenty summit minutes of it. Oh. <laughs> Paul, can you do me a favor and say "fantastic" again? Fantastic. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. It's, it's flashing back that, to that wonderful one that wonderful Doctor northern Who. accent. Yeah, you, you you got the Chris Eccleston thing going on with the Ninth Doctor. <laughs> <coughs> Any more quotes? Anyone? I'm out. Um, did I have another quote? Oh yeah. Um, you're about as much use as a condom machine in the Vatican. <laughs> I liked that one. I didn't have any more quotes. Yeah, so that's that's it for me. Well, I suppose that is it for us, except what? Is there some sort of surprise thing going on somewhere? What? Oh, yay, yay. There, there is, but before yay. we do that, I need to get you to guess what next week's episode is. Oh, that's right. Okay, yes. what's, what's the title? Parallel Universe. Three guesses what it's about. Parallel Universe. I'm gonna say it's about a parallel universe. I don't think so. I think that's a mistake. <laughs> okay, let's see. I think well, it's going to be about a perpendicular <clears throat> universe. Oh. Ah. Okay, okay. So they they pulled a 90 on you. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, okay, now let's see. Okay, parallel universe. Well, now this is interesting because we've been dealing with multiple timelines, and one of the theories for getting a, a, around the, the the paradoxes of time travel is parallel universe I. Um, but is that what they're going to be talking about here? I don't know. It seems a bit soon because all this stuff is five years in the future. Plus, if this Kachansky is from a parallel universe and it's not the Kachansky that we already knew about. That pulls in some really, really weird things, so I don't like that. Um, as far as what it could be, I don't know. I mean, what sort of parallel universe? Oh, that, you know what? Maybe you're right, Angela. Maybe it's really not about a parallel universe as we typically term it. Maybe parallel in terms of... I don't know... I'm a bit stumped. It's a bit. It's a bit broad. When you get into parallel universes, there's just too many ways to go. So I can't be, spe you know, figure out specifically what it's going to be, unless you know it's it's like classic Star Trek uh, mirror universe, and there's a well, there's already been a bearded Lister and a mustached Rimmer uh, that are evil. There needs to be uh, a goatee Holly. Evil. Goatee Holly. Oh my goodness, that would be so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Do you know what? It's so funny wow. listening to you say this because obviously me and Shane know what happened. Mm -hmm. and, Indeed. And it's just, these theories are amazing. <laughs> they are. They are. They are. Okay. Well, before we go, <clears throat> Heath, I sent you a link yes. earlier on, did I, did I not? Okay. Well, apparently, but you told me not to look yes. at it. So. You can have you. you it's um, it's, it's not slightly spoilery. It's the opening segment of next week's show, and this has a lot 
to do with what happened. No, it has nothing to do with what happened. (laughs) Shit! (laughs) Sorry. Well, I've got what one has to be honest, doesn't one? Uh, um, But yes, we will be opening next week's show with a with a musical number sung by Heath. Heath, oh, we are. are. We certainly are. Heath, please open that link right now. Alrighty. Ah, it's loud. Hi, listeners. This is Future Heath. Um, I am editing this right now, and I have edited out the awkward silence uh, as I listen to the first few seconds of uh, episode six of season two, which appears to be Cat dressed as the third doctor doing a musical uh, along with the rest of the crew. So that's what I was watching uh, during this time. So I will now return you to your regularly scheduled uh, podcast. (laughs) <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Yes. And, and do you expect we me did. to sing this? Yes. Uh, it's really not in my range, but okay. We were, well, I we're, will give it a shot. We were thinking of having me and Shane as your as your uh, fucking. We certainly well. are. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. So I have to sing cats. So you, okay. you have one week Heath, to learn the song. I can forge you the, the lyrics, and that's not going to be a problem. But we'll be opening next week's episode. <laughs> I really cannot wait to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> See, I've started a trend. I sang on potential cast, and now. Oh, well, it's your own fault, Heath, because you you sung on a few previous. Um, Virtual Fintercast episodes. Well, I'm not a so? singer. I'm really Nor am not. I, so it's um, all good. <laughs> Somebody says, what kind of singing do you do? I say, well, I'm best when I sing solo. <laughs> solo, nobody can hear me. <laughs> Alrighty, well, uh, look forward to that next week. You know, if you want to just skip that part, I'm sure the rest of the episode will be good. No, if, if you, <laughs> so don't stop listening just on account everyone, of the threat of my singing. If you skip next week's opening... Oh, excuse me, I'm doing my Angela impression. If, if you um, hey. skip the opening to next week, I will be very, very angry. <laughs> so that's another reason to skip the opening. No. <laughs> because if, you, if people skip the opening, I will just bash Firefly throughout the whole episode. Yeah. Not quite now. <laughs> no, I'm not. I won't. Well, I'll try not to. Right, right. okay. I think we're well, so, right, so I think it's probably time to say goodbye, everyone. Oh, sorry. I just I can't believe that we, we didn't mean to be rude, but Debs, thank you for coming on, and, and thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Uh, we, we almost forgot to thank Debs. Shame on us. Oh. We're very bad people. We are. And Debs, was there anything that you wanted to plug? Um, the only thing I can think of would be Ministry of Islam and on Monday night, um, 9 p.m. GMT over at www.ministryofslam.com. Cool. Ministry of Islam. Slam. Cool. Slam. Again, and seriously, Not thank so. you for coming on. It, it has been a joy. We hope you will uh, maybe find another episode and join us again. Yeah, I think we have one. We certainly do. We certainly do. Ah, there we go. Fantastic. Right, okay, now we will say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye again. Suck up.